ever. It's your boy, BC. The CBS Sports Pro Wrestling Podcast returns. And believe me, it's better than ever, folks. Infused and injected with another dose of that performance-enhancing audio. The Brian Campbell, yeah, still the voice that you hear. Still the man whose name is on the damn marquee in this Campbell podcast. And still the guy responsible for mixing together that secret sauce that you all love. And let me be frank. I got that hot sauce. Hey-oh, and best believe we've got another hot one for you this week as we recap the week that was in WWE and beyond and get you all kinds of fired up for Sunday's WWE TLC pay-per-view from San Jose. And spoiler alert, your boy BC pretty damn pumped up for this one. Look, we've been through a lot together, folks, in recent months from the dirty bedsheets in Brooklyn when... One man and one man only had the guts to risk friendships and tell the truth to even Raw's recent surge into the toilet. But good Lord, every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. I care. I care, guys. I care about this pay-per-view on Sunday. We're going to talk about it. I'm dialed in. I'm fired up. They got me again. I don't want to jinx anything, but I really feel like this show is going to be a winner. People pay to see winners. They don't pay to see losers. Damn right. Well, we'll have a lot more on that topic shortly. And before I welcome in my other half, you know, your, your good friend. Silver King. I wanted to extend this intro even longer and thank those listeners Those looking to lease space on the rarefied air that is the ITC's Mount Rushmore, where legends like Tristan Adelano reside, and other legends like Omar Al-Rashid feel like they hold a claim to already. I want to thank all of you who have spread the word about this show, and realize truthfully, guys, it is all about the five. It's all about the five. Thank you for the five-star reviews, the kind words that you shared. It's your forum, folks. Are you Team Silver King? You enjoy a nice hedge once in a while? You miss the Greek god of warfare, Nick Costos? That's your forum to let your voice be heard. So please continue to do so. Hey, it's up to you guys. It's not up to me. You want your boy BC to stay up after midnight and let it all hang out and do a pay-per-view instant analysis show? You're going to have to do your part in this audio revolution. Get us to that next threshold of 400 reviews. You know how it goes, guys. You're either in or you're either out, all right? You're either with us or you're against us. I'm all in. Are you all in, Brian? Oh, come on. Oh, my God, Randy. Yeah. I I do wonder. I mean, is there a a part of her that wasn't thinking wrestling? Am I going to get introduced here or what? Wow. Longest intro in the business. And with that business out of the way, let me welcome in my often angry co-host. Say hello. To the bad guy. Yes, he's never met a hedge you wouldn't deny. He's the Silver King, Adam Silverstein. Hey now, you know, by the time I get introduced next week, it, I'm going to be as washed as you. I'll probably be 40 years old wow. at that time. Wow. It's taken forever. BC, I'll tell you this, man. You know, WWE has, we know, it's been down for the last couple of weeks because Raw has been down for the last couple of weeks. But the state of combat is strong right now. Not only do we have the Max Holloway fight coming out of UFC 231 that hit me in the field spot. And if you want to talk about that hitting me in the field spot, the Wilder Fury fight really hit me in the the field spot. And now we have the WWE TLC pay-per-view somehow has 12 matches on it. I cannot tell you why. (laughs) But what I will tell you is the top five are hot fire. The bottom seven are garbage. The top five are hot 
I, damn well, I fire. even like some of the garbage. I, I don't, For some reason, I'm just really in on this show. I kind of They got me to care about a lot of these rivalries where as they keep adding matches, and, and rightfully so, people are like, oh, my God, 10, 11, 12. I'm sort of like, I'm in. I'm here for it. Okay, Let's well, it. you can be okay with like five raw non-title singles matches and the U.S. title not being on the show. I'm not personally okay with that, but it's fine. We have a lot to talk about today. BC did mention the reviews, the iTunes reviews. Folks, you have been coming strong with the five stars. It's all about the five. We are 12 reviews away from a guaranteed instant analysis after TLC on Sunday. I kind of wrote a check that I'm not sure my body and mind will be able to cash on Sunday night. But if we get those 12 more reviews, we hit that magic number 400. We'll be, we will be doing instant analysis. Hey, it's up to them. You know, we do have great listeners. By the way, we are international. You know that dude Chike from, from uh, where Nigeria. is he from? Nigeria. I got a DM yesterday from uh, at Ben Porges, huge fan of the show, P-O-R-G-E-S, from, checking in from Israel. We're, we're, going, we're going worldwide right now. Yeah. Uh, there's also someone from Chile who uh, tweets us all the time, um, but it's usually – Somewhat incoherent, so sorry about that. Right. But BC, we got a lot of shit. Oh, and fine, final, final correction. Uh, people hate me on this show because I say Aussie for all of our Down Under listeners instead of Aussie. Some guy uh, t- came at me on Instagram. He's like, bro, I love you, but if you don't change this, I'm going to stop listening to the show. Adam, they want to be called Aussies, not Aussies, yeah. all right? So so I got to dirtbag myself out of that. Aussie? Really? All right, if you guys, if yeah. that's past the sugar, if that's how you guys get down, that's fine. Whatever, whatever. I love you, people. You, you meat pie eating fools. I love you, my down under guys, my Aussies. Yes. Look, just buy us some uh, some beers. WrestleMania weekend, we'll say whatever the hell you want on the show. I'm not so out of a shoe, though. I will not do that that Aussie that Aussie thing of uh, a pissing and drinking out of a shoe. No, 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 no. No, yeah. I mean, we're hygienic, or at least try to be. BC, let's get into the main event. This- And the only place to really start this week is with Raw. You know, we tried to avoid it last week. We started with it. But but this week it really necessitates being in this front spot because what WWE and Vince McMahon, it seems, decided to do was turn two weeks of abhorrent, (laughs) crap, terrible booking into a storyline with Seth Rollins opening the show with more burn-it-downs than you would ever think necessary in that intro, cutting a promo – on Baron Corbin, who he was basically cutting a promo on Vince McMahon and the recent booking on Raw. So before we get into the specifics, what went down the rest of the show, what did you think of that promo? There are people out there saying it was very reminiscent of WCW when the ship started going down and they started going behind the scenes, breaking kayfabe, talking about the people with Turner and the network executives and all that stuff. I personally didn't feel that way. I thought this was just the right amount of breaking kayfabe and staying in kayfabe. What about you? Yeah, please. Let's not put the stain of uh, of end times WCW on us with uh, Vince Russo and Ed and Mark Madden. And uh, yeah, it's not that, guys. It's not that. It was Ed Ferrara. Is that Ed his name? Ferrara, Ed Ferrara. Yes. It was really interesting, though. And I can't really put my finger on what they were trying to do, why they were trying to do. But in the end, I loved it because it made me think I was entertained by it. Obviously, Seth basically said everything all of us were thinking. And then Baron Corbin came back with everything that, look, you don't have to watch wrestling long enough to know that's Vince McMahon's voice right there. That's Vince McMahon, you know, like Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost jumping into Baron Corbin's body and delivering those words right there. Absolutely. And it shows you a couple things, man. I think most important to me as an often angry Raw watcher and reviewer, and by the way, 
the legions are growing of people who DM me and go, if it wasn't for your recap and your podcast, I, I wouldn't have wrestling in my life because I refused to watch that red brand for three hours. And I thought it was like, a, like, a, like oh, yeah, BC's done, one of those type of things, and then I'm back next week. There are people who are damn right done right now. Yeah, they are, but I got those two. Those were addressed to the podcast account and my account as well. But they are right to say that now because we discussed it right. last so, week. So my point Let's is they – out now. They, they, they weren't on your side back in August when you lost your freaking mind for you know, no, I was right. two and a half months. They're, they're right now. Go I had, ahead. The, I had the guts to, to make changes happen. And sure, uh, sure. so here's the thing. Uh, it was refreshing. No matter the motive, no matter how it got there, it was refreshing to be seen that somebody's listening in there. Somebody is listening – in Titan Towers. Not, I'm not going to play that game. Oh, they're definitely listening to our podcast. I hate when every podcast says that, by the way. And every podcast believes that WWPR is, like, tuned into theirs. But they're listening to someone, and they nailed all of the damn points that we care about. And that was refreshing. Will it lead to change? I don't know. They let me down a lot. But they got a pay-per-view coming up on Sunday that I care about. So maybe kudos to them. And Raw... Not good, but not horrible. Didn't offend me. Didn't make me upset. Well, I ended my three hours, and I was like, "All right, yeah, whatever. That's cool." You know, right? It was it was fine. It was and fine. You can say they don't. You can say they don't listen to us, but we did get a DM slide. Oh yeah, let, the, me, let me let me get ready for that. Kentucky Long Rifle. What is that? An email from Best Bout Machine at Sorak underscore Obama, which is a great Twitter handle, by the way. <laughs> Yo, WWE Rollins out here cutting promos that the Silver King wrote. <laughs> He knows who's writing WWE's promos for them, but you may not think so. But look, here's why it was so good. And I'm going to quickly just note the things that Rollins criticized that we legitimately, and it, not us, everyone, but us as, let's say, a uh, uh, the IWC criticized in the last two weeks. The treatment of the Revival, even though I did kind of enjoy the Lucha stuff, but the treatment of the Revival. I don't know. How, by the way, pa- pause the program. I'm shocked people didn't just like come at you with. Uh, they with, didn't because because hell my brimstone. point because even if you disagreed, I made a good point. The Lucha House Party is the perfect foil for the revival. Oh my god, I'm still angry at you. I still can't. Regardless, believe, I, I, st- I thought you had taste. I thought you could hear Jimmy. I can't believe you defended that. Move it on. Move it the on. Revi- the re- revival stuff, the ratings, the urination. Lesnar not competing on Raw since 2002, which is a Silver King line, by the way, and I've been saying that for the last like year and a half. But what really made it work, Rollins was very good. It may have been one of his best promos since he's been a face in this current run since coming back from injury. But what really made it work was the San Diego crowd. They were amazing from the start of the show. Not only did they put Seth over with every single thing he said, they booed the hell out of Baron Corbin in that opening segment. They, the crowd made the entire segment work because if you put that same segment in San Antonio, I don't remember the one, the town I criticized recently where it was just like mouse quiet the entire show. It doesn't, it rings hollow and you don't get that like effect. Not only did the San Diego crowd sell out for that, for that segment, they sold out for the TLC match that ended the show between those two and made Seth, you know, ending the show atop the ladder with the Intercontinental title, a standout moment that I think is going to resonate from now until April. Wow, you felt a change in the air last night. N- not with the company as a whole, with Seth Rollins. All right, that's fine. That's fine. I- I'm interested to know who wrote that. I mean, okay, maybe it was the writing team, but who was the guy who walked into that boardroom and said, look, guys, we're getting crapped on. They hate everything 
You want to use that? You want to use that? And I'm sure, look, Vince is a smart, funny dude at times. Uh, you know, God damn it, that's a great idea. Yeah, right. And, uh, and obviously he had to sign off on that, and certainly he he probably did so he could set himself up to come back with the kind of Baron Corbin line straight right. from his mouth of, like, you know, I, I don't care about you, all that good stuff that, that Vince, you know, it's going to get worse for you. I mean, I got a million uh, uh, Vince buttons except him. for when I need them, by the way. Um, so that was great. I just wonder who was the... Who was the catalyst for that? Is that Trip stepping up and saying, "Look, pops, what do you think Trips? No, what do you think Trips calls VKM when they're because like Vince. obviously they have real life moments. Like they probably had Thanksgiving at the mansion, and I'm sure they talked about work for 85 percent of it. Outside, and the other 15 percent was for the grandkids to say how school's going. As Vince isn't even listening, but what do you think he calls Vince? He calls him Vince, and I think Shane calls him Vince off TV. That's weird. I think he calls him Dad. I think they call him Dad on screen. I don't think they call him that off screen. It's a little weird, a little weird, but you know they're, they're, <laughs> they are they are top shelf carnies there. Uh, so hey, right. again, even if it goes nowhere, it was like a we hear you moment, right? We hear you. Yeah, and and really, what I had said because I was watching it live, and you know, along with the football game, I got a new little projector so I can watch two things at don't once. Don't tweet Monday, at Silver great. King if he's watching the football game. Just just a reminder, all right? No spoilers. Well, yeah, but life. I'm able to watch now, so it's fine. But but no, you still shouldn't do that for other people. Um. But so I, that's, I tweeted, that's your worst take ever. That's the worst. It was a great, was a great take, and people agreed. I'm going to frame that tweet me that I was right. and send it to you for Hanukkah. I'm going to frame. Oh, happy Hanukkah, by the way, Silver King. No, thanks. Um, so, oh, you, you just you just no sold Hanukkah. How dare you? Well, because I'm I'm older and I don't get presents anymore. If I still got eight presents, then I'd be all in. All right, but I'm not. Right, right. Oh, come on. Uh, so, <laughs> um, I tweeted at the beginning of the show, just during that segment. I'm interested, and that's all it was. They had. My interest, as Alec Baldwin would say, they had my interest for three hours. And for the most part during the show, they delivered. And we'll get to some of the specifics as we preview TLC. But I did want to pick your brain about the main event, about that final match. A couple key points. Did you like that they actually gave us a TLC match on the go home raw before TLC? That's number one. And number two, I'm curious what you thought about Heath Slater's involvement and what it might mean going forward. All right. The answer to your question, number one, is no. And the whole time I'm doing that thing that I do because I'm a stickler where I'm like, oh, man, why do they have to give us a TLC match? What? days away from the damn TLC pay-per-view. It's gratuitous. It waters down Sunday night's impact, all this stuff. And like normal, I'm sitting there trying to tell myself not to enjoy it, and then I end up enjoying it because the match is freaking epic and it felt like a pay-per-view match and you got me again. And in reality, look, I know that they're not going to give me what I want. I say it all the time. I want these long, epic talking sequences that ends with somebody slapping the other person and, and there's a fight. I, they they're gonna, they gonna st- they think they get the best ratings out of these 20-minute matches to close. But this 20-minute match was damn good, so kudos yeah. to them. They won me over. It was intense. Rollins ruled. Now the Heath Slater part, we saw him twice on Monday. Uh, you know, not not the use I would I would have used that I said last week. I, I almost wanted him to 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 work against Corbin, and it, that could be the end game. By the way, then right? he get fired though. That's counter to the right. Story but right now, you know, he's trying to keep his job. It's fine. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I, I found it to be a nice element, especially that it didn't affect the match, and because it's not like it's you know the Rock as the special guest referee, right? Like he should be able to get taken out by a single super kick. And Rollins to go on and win the match. I thought it was very Attitude Era, the booking of a special guest referee yes. in the main event, trying to cost the face the title the week before the pay-per-view, the face going over. It was great. I liked the match. I thought Corbin was great in the match. He's he's a pretty decent wrestler, and people don't actually give him enough credit. I understand why Vince likes him so much. What it told me, though, 
was, wow, the Rollins-Ambrose match really should have been a TLC match at the pay-per-view. And when we go into this preview, some of these matches having stipulations and some of them not really doesn't make sense. So we'll get to that and we'll talk about it further, but I enjoyed the match. I thought they gave us something legitimate to sink our teeth into on the show. And it was one of a couple, one of two moments I think they actually gave us on the show. The other being Bobby Roode and Chad Gable now dressed alike. They don't have a name yet, but glorious and Gable looks good to me defeating AOP to win the raw tag team titles. And I don't have your tweet in front of me, BC, but you basically said that this match and this, what happened in this segment ruined any toughness or credibility for the AOP. Do you stand by that still? A hundred percent. I hate that. I hated it. I hate that's a Vince booking to the core, to the damn core. I hated it. Guys, like it just comes down to I think it comes down to this. I'm gonna go back to that well. Triple H shines up these shiny toys and he gives them their chance in NXT to be cool. Guess what? The Ascension blows. They were pretty cool in NXT. Right? Mm, Everybody was cool in NXT. The damn Vaud villains were cool in NXT. Yes, they were. were. They were never I still have that t-shirt. I stand by it. By the way, I did see Simon Gotch. No, who did I see vaping? Uh, I don't think I've told the story. On the street in New Orleans during WrestleMania weekend, I saw Victor vaping. Yes, Victor Victor the Vapor. Yes, take that, Vic. I said it out loud. Um, Is he the one we also saw with a bag of McDonald's the year prior? That was was Connor uh, in Orlando who uh, got Uber Eats with two giant bags of McDonald's. Right, so our our two standout wrestler sightings were Connor two WrestleManias ago with a massive bag of McDonald's seemingly delivered. Bro, two Two massive bags. Seemingly delivered by like Uber Eats at like 1130 or midnight. And then this past year, Victor vaping on like, you know, in well, the French Quarter. It, before Connor, we saw Dean come down to the uh, at the uh, JW Marriott in Orlando, come down to the bar, get a bottle of champagne and two glasses. So, you right, know what happened right. next. Dean Ambrose looks like he wants a piece of this pie. He got, he got, yeah, he got that. He got the piece Bag. with the Bay yeah, mask he on. He got it. Uh, yeah. So what was the point? Here? OK, my point is this. When these shiny toys get to the main roster, Vince gives you like seven days on TV to a week. Here, you got a week to look cool. Tyler Breeze, you got a week to look cool. You're going to feud for the IC title. You're going to have your little VIP section. And then you're going to job, job, job and be involved in some crappy storylines and ruin any toughness, credibility, wrestling ability, anything you ever had. Yet Vince took AOP and did it and like, he did it right away. Look, AOP was dominant in NXT. They looked like the part of some combination of like a Samoan demolition. They were amazing. And by the way, they could hold their own in high-level matches. And already we got a corny wrestling manager on them, which it doesn't make sense because he's an authority figure on another show. And this whole feud, higher than the level of what the tag titles meant, was urination, robes, and a tiny guy taking bumps and title matches on raw with crap endings. And now AOP doesn't have the championship and they look like idiots with that little guy. It doesn't make any sense. Look, I'm not saying that Drake Maverick doesn't have pluses. Rockstar spud. He, he, he can add to a broadcast, not with this team, not with this role. I don't like Gable and rude. I think it's a waste of Gable. Uh, there's like a lot of hate for this situation. Yeah, I mean, you're, I think you're going overboard a little bit. First of all, in order to ruin a team's toughness and credibility, they have to have toughness and credibility. And this is what I replied to you on Twitter. 
AOP doesn't have that on the main roster. So so whoever's fault that is, it wasn't nothing was no, ruined they, Monday. Dude, they had a three week stretch of destroying people. They they did of okay destroying nobodies. No 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 of destroying nobodies. BC because when they were brought up, okay, they got to go over jobbers. I think it was in the in New Orleans when they got the call yeah, up. They, they saw told, that on they Monday told night. Off uh, Ellering, right? They fought a couple jobbers. Then they were off TV for two months. Then they came back and beat the B team for the titles and got Drake Maverick as their manager. They made a huge mistake initially with, with these guys. They need to bring these guys, they needed to bring these guys in, just like you do any other major monster. They come in, they dominate jobbers for a couple weeks, and they go one by one and beat every single person in the line to the titles. Then they win the titles, and the only way you take the titles off them is by some like superstar team, like a, a Rollins and a Balor, that randomly team up for some reason and win the titles because they have enough star credibility to do it. But AOP weren't built to the level where they needed that, and they didn't take the fall in this match. Drake Maverick did. So perhaps this creates a storyline where it distances Maverick from them because he cost them the titles yeah, and so on and so forth. if they come out and crush him, then that's fine. But It would they, be great, but the point is that everyone says, I don't want my favorite wrestler or team to get called up to the main roster because the main roster kills them. That's actually false. What's true is the main roster kills NXT tag teams. One after another, all of these tag teams get ruined. Even a great a team that had like Steiner Brothers potential in American Alpha comes up to the main roster, they got a title run, fans were behind them, and they just split them up. One guy got hurt, the other guy was basically obscure until joining well, this tag team. That's again. an asterisk but on that them, one because they, no, they found them, out they found out Jordan the revival, had star talent. Them, revival, authors of pain, sanity. I mean well, your Ascension, point isn't fully true. They ruin NXT people in general, which leads no, they me- ruin they, they. They may not book NXT singles to their potential, but they actively ruin NXT tag teams. I think there's a very big difference between those two things. I think they also call it people that that we know aren't going to work on the main roster. Ty Dillinger, uh, No right. Way Jose, and they just I mean they they just set them up to fail in that regard. And they and they call up people before they have plans for them or they're ready. Apollo Crews never should have been called right. up when he was called up. Alamos was a great call up. He needed to be. They've done nothing with him. He should be the one in this title feud with Nakamura trying to win the title, not Rusev. And and even if you have Rusev, you do something else with Almas. I mean, it's, uh, this guy's there. He's doing nothing. He's literally he's, he's doing nothing. He's been involved in some things. I mean, they're giving him a manager. They're giving him a push. I've, I'm more angry with other people. But we know that Trips is like the patriarch of NXT, and these are his babies. I mean, these are his kids. He loves doing that photo and gorilla after they win a title. Do you think at night, pillow talk time, so him and Steph, what do they work out uh, in their basement gym at like 1 a.m. if you follow right. him on Instagram or whatever? You think at 2 a.m. when they put the head on the pillow and they're like, okay, we got to be up in four hours and pretend we're parents. Do you think Trips goes, um, Steph, pretend we're parents. Steph, I'm sick of I'm sick of Vince ruining my, my people, my kids, my toys. Can you have a talk with him? Did that ever happen? Does that ever happen? I, I think there's conversations where he is frust- where he is consistently frustrated at you know, where he sees people get brought up to the main roster and not get utilized. Okay, then answer me this. Does, and this is probably my if I if you if I could ask you the, want there to the be Helmsleys a coup and there's not going to be a coup. If I could ask the Helmsleys one question about and get an honest answer about the their Helmsleys marriage, or the Helmsley McMahons. Here's what I would ask the Helmsleys. I would say I, I'm going to ask you this: Does Steph take her dad's side in these type of debates because they're best for business, or does she take her husband's side and actually go to Vince and try to make change? Or deep inside, is she always going to be a McMahon? And guess what, Trips? If you go too far in any direction, I can cut you loose. And you're, you, I, you, you can go over with uh, Cody and uh, AEW, brother. 
I don't think Paul really needs to go to Steph to talk to Vince. I think he just talks to Vince. All right, but you 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 dodged my question of whose side is Steph ultimately? She's on her on. husband. She's on her husband's side. I don't think so. I think she's McMahon <laughs> life and death. McMahon through and through. Through and through. The question is Shane. The question is Shane. Oh man, one day, one well, day, Shane is no, Shane, Shane, Shane is no power. Shane. Shane's on dad's side because he wants power again. Well, he's going to force power when dad dies. It's going to be epic and messy. And you know my dream, as I always talk about. He can't. He literally has no claim to the throne. Oh, he will as the the male, as Vince's son. Watch what happens. He doesn't have stock or ownership of the company. It's going to be a Shakespearean-like ending here. And 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 for all the talk, I always say that the best, the untapped WrestleMania main event is Shane versus Trips for control of the company. With with Vince as, as guest referee. I think they're going to have a backstage fight one day that'll be even a hundred times more epic. But I'm not trying to I'm not trying to throw shade on the McMahon family here and talking about Vince's death. But man, there's there's an epic Shakespearean level to this family. It's incredible. Love it. We'll get we'll get there, BC. Hopefully one day, and we will also continue this main event in one second. But before we do, a quick word from one of our other great CBS Sports podcasts. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's keep this going, BC, and let's move over to SmackDown. That as much as Raw was fine this week, I kind of put SmackDown in that same boat. We've been singing its praises for the last two months, and really, you know, ever since WrestleMania, it has been the A show. But this week, SmackDown for me was more uneven than it had been in recent weeks. I want to know before we get into some of the details if you agree with that statement. Uh. No, not not officially. No, I was thoroughly entertained. It wasn't as good as it has been the last couple of weeks when we were like, is SmackDown really this good or is it just the opposite of Raw this week? I I love that. Uh, yeah, I was thoroughly entertained. Give me okay. some more of that blueprint. Put it right. Inject it right into. In fact, let me rub it on my gums and then inject it into the rub mark on my gums. All right. Let me freebase <laughs> it, brother. They don't call it performance enhancing audio for nothing. Uh, the show started out with Daniel Bryan and Mustafa Ali in a match that hit the siren. I I guess you're looking for it. I mean, if you asked me, is that the best match those two guys could have put on? The answer is no. That doesn't mean it wasn't great. It was a great match. And I almost felt, you want to talk about like listening to the Silver King and booking? I almost felt like that was a reaction to not just us, but everyone being upset that it was Dolph Ziggler who answered Seth Rollins' open challenge, you know, on Raw. We we all said, why not just use, like, specifically Mustafa Ali or Cedric Alexander in that spot and have a real surprise open challenge? And with no rhyme or reason, they didn't even explain it on the show, although they did tr- try to create a mini angle. Mustafa Ali's opening SmackDown with Daniel Bryan. I love it. I thought it was a great match. Daniel Bryan and Mustafa Ali made it work from a storyline perspective with very little dialogue. But it was kind of just thrown out there with no good reason whatsoever. That's how you take a half hour and fill it with stuff that won't really play into the larger story. Like, yes, they were they were still trying to tell you the AJ Styles story within that, but it's a free gift. And I feel like SmackDown is in the business of catering to us 
NXT not only caters to us, NXT full mounts us. NXT is the consummation station we deserve, all right? Not Nick Costos' extra bedroom, the one they used to record from. Remember that time he laid down on the bed and was recording it and there was like a, like a t-shirt and he, underwear? He, he, had a, he had a pillow under his chin and he was laying down face forward on the microphone so it rattled every three seconds. And he had like a he v-neck a white t-shirt on. He had a I think he was swiping at the time. Yeah, all right, anyway, we'll take that out of there. But uh, what my point, what, what was my point? Oh, my point is uh, ultimately that, you know, SmackDown is in the business of making us happy. Raw is in the business of pissing us off. This made me really happy. You and I were in the same Slack channel when you posted that link. I'm just like, wow, they care. They get us. <laughs> like, this is great. And yes, it wasn't the five-star full-on siren match, but it was fun. And when Daniel Bryan, who is, by the way, playing this character perfectly, when he slapped the, the ish out of Ali twice and is really playing up his whole, like, you know, you're a consumer, all that, you know, uh, the whole the whole stick of who Daniel Bryan really is in real life. Loved it. That was the almost the moment of the show for me. And then the match was just bonus fun. And you still got to see Ali's theatrics without making it a gratuitous cruiserweight match. Come see our shiny toy. So I thought it was a perfect balance and quick DM slide here from. OK, oh, yeah, enough, John, from it's grant at got to be G. I want to ask you this, Adam. He says, with us seeing them bring more cruiserweights to the main two shows and them having another title match on a big show, which is Sunday's TLC cruiserweight title match, do you think they're possibly thinking about integrating the entire 205 Live roster with the main roster and moving on from 205 Live? Very timely, well-said question. I don't think so because that show now has its own ecosystem finally. It actually has created some momentum. It may may not be a big traffic driver on the network, but it's, I mean, they're producing it as part of their, you know, SmackDown taping. So it's not costing them any money to do the show. It's basically free outside of the talent. So unless they plan to get rid of like half the talent, then no, I don't see any reason they would do that. I think what they have been doing is what we said we always wanted with 205 Live and with that, with that division, which they need to get rid of the name 205 Live. Show's not live anymore, but uh, it's taking, having them exist, allowing them to still exist in the same universe as the rest of the main roster. And that's what they've succeeded doing with Leo Rush, with Drake Maverick, even though you don't like it. Um, And, you know, certainly in this instance with Mustafa Ali. So I think those guys getting individual opportunities and maybe someone does surprise at a U.S. Open challenge and wins the U.S. title and holy crap, now they're on SmackDown. That's okay. That's allowed to happen. So I liked it very much. We actually had another DM slide. From uh, Jason Allen at Jaybird3452, who made a really good point. He said, Daniel Bryan was the most over superstar in the company. Don't know if I agree with that. But uh, he just got booed out of the building attacking a guy who isn't even fully established yet. That's how good the new Daniel Bryan is. Yeah, and he's right. And he's right. And, and if anybody watched on social media, Daniel Bryan's been going to house shows and finding signs from kids bring him to the ring and then tearing them up, which is like 1980s level heel moves. And now fans are catching on. So now people are writing the type of signs that go against Daniel Bryan's uh, takes on food, takes on the, uh, you know, uh, the environment and all that. So it's brilliant what they're doing. And by the way, I still think it's right to say Daniel Bryan is the most over. I think the difference in this case is it's no longer an organic over. It's a go through the motions over. But when you have the entire arena doing the yes chant, when you come out, 
you're still over. I just think people are more doing it through the motions of what they loved about Daniel Bryan in 2014 than they are now pre-heel turn. Heel turn changes that. It's perfect. And to close yeah. on that comment about 205 Live, I just want to say maybe we're finally beginning to see the graduation system, though. Like NXT has a graduation system that pisses us off. Maybe this is the 205 Live graduation system, and this was a test to see how Ali would be received by the fans. And maybe this is the future where those guys are going to get so good, and we hope Buddy Murphy's next, by the way, where they can come and try to take over the world. So, so I'll accept that as a test to see, you know, how those guys might be received. But I don't know that there really is much to graduate from 205 Live to the main roster outside of potentially tag teams to fill out that Raw division or once they do the superstar shakeup. Because, like, you tell me Cedric Alexander is going to work on the main roster. I really don't no, think he's, he's going little, to. He's a little small. And, and, you know, really there's three top guys in that division right now. Mustafa Ali, who I do think would work on the main roster. Cedric Alexander, who makes me question. And Buddy Murphy, who I think can be the, a future WWE champion. No question about it. So what I think is going to happen with Mustafa Ali, if I had to guess, he wins the cruiserweight title at WrestleMania. And that potentially puts Buddy Murphy in a position to come up to the main That's roster. That's true. And I hope that, you know, maybe they can graduate from 205 to go to NXT if, if they can be seen as, like, top-level indie champion guys who can go to NXT and make a run at singles championships. That'd be great. Sure, and, if they were going to put them in the main event or the North American picture, yeah. And would they would they shut down 205 Live? No. And part of that, by the way, is revolutionary because they know AEW or something like that is coming. Why would you release or, or let off into the wild guys that can go, that are young in their prime, that could go be the face of an indie promotion? That's well, why I think so like, just... like Tony Nese is going to be the face of AEW? Well, he could be a face. Brian Kendrick. I'm rocking the TJP shirt right now as we record TJP could do something. Yeah, TJP, TJP is great. He's a top five worker in the company, and people don't want to hear it. Thank you. Let's let's have AEW go buy out Mike Kanellis and see what they can do with him. Um, it's coming for you, Adam. They're coming for your soul because they know you don't believe in them. They're not coming for me. I'm down for it. Uh, it you're fake down. You're, you're, you're fake down, like safe face down, deep in your heart, deep in that black heart, Champa style. You're I like, want to nah, see what it's nah. going to – I want to see exactly what it's going to be. And I'm – if it's if there's enough talent on that roster, it'll be exciting. But if it's like the elite guys and their show and just like occasionally other people, then it's what we have now, except more frequent events, which is still good. But I mean, already, already not, getting ready, not, already getting ready to level. hate it. I can see it. I can <laughs> see it. The Hedgemaster, he's already ready to hate there's it. No, there's nothing like that going on. All right. So moving on to SmackDown, some things we're not going to talk about in the uh, TLC preview. Are you buying into the storyline with Miz and Shane McMahon? Yes, I'm still entertained by it. It's weird. It's weird, guys. Yes, I'm still entertained by it. I think Miz is brilliant in this in this story right now, and it's kind of weird and kind of stupid, and I, it's, it got me. It got me. I'm in. Yes, this week, loved it. Loved that Miz went around his back, hired these jobbers, paid him off. Loved that he's pissing off Paige. Love everything. Thank you. I loved that Paige was pissed off. I thought that was great, actually. But I don't know. I, I'm enter am I enter there's, there's, For me, it's separate. Am I entertained by it? Yes. Do I wish something better was happening with Miz and Shane wasn't on TV, you know, unable to do DDTs on jobbers? Yeah, I also Oh, no, that wasn't unable to do DDT. Did you watch closely? Shane's trying to show off his jujitsu moves that he's doing when he trains in Manhattan with Henner Gracie. He's, uh, I think it's Henner Gracie. It's somebody Gracie. We, he trains with one of the big MMA uh, trainers right next to Madison Square Garden, right down in that Gracie gym. And he's... It was like this week, it was like his time to show off the seven new moves he's been working on the last few years. Uh, I think we would like to see less Shane in the ring. 
you know, only in times when it really matters. And Shane is the guy who wants to see more Shane in the ring. And Adam, he's ready to show you that he's an MMA artist now. This is like, it's like when suddenly Undertaker put on them damn gloves and suddenly was doing Hell's Gate on people. I think that's what. (laughs) He did. Didn't he do the triangle choke? Yeah, he did. For for the win? He was doing Rousey-like, like like almost judo jujitsu type flip moves. That has to be his first submission win in like a decade. It's yeah, it's weird. He he's still got to take away those punches, man. He's actually, if anyone's worse than Rousey when she goes in the corner and does those punches, it's actually Shane. Those are the worst punches yeah. ever. Because Rousey's punches are bad, but her last one looks good. Like the final blow, it's like, oh yeah, she connected with that one. Shane, they're all just like he's hitting air. Like he's yeah, really a shot. Be like runner. your dad. Throw potatoes out there. All right, get blackened some <laughs> eyes. You have the McMahon balls. Use them. Right, put them on people's face. Teabag, folks. Do whatever you have to do. No more pitter patter. <laughs> All right, and the show also closed with uh, Charlotte Flair and Asuka in a one-on-one rematch from WrestleMania, which I appreciated. They gave it 20 minutes. Uh, As I tweeted, they got to save those, you know, commercial breaks where you can still watch the action for the main event. I don't know why it doesn't make a shred of sense to me, unless it's like a money issue, and that main event spot is so much more for those versus like the the window ones, let's call them. Um, But... Man, I got you're giving me Flair Oscar, and I'm missing half the match. Like that's Didn't we not miss cool. miss a, a Daniel Bryan Ali big moment where Ali went off like the top rope onto the floor and they the had Spanish sort of, fly, the top rope Spanish yeah. fly. It was during the commercial break. So weird. By the way, that's it the best ridiculous. move in all of wrestling. But so weird. Um, yeah, that that sucked. But uh, I was again in that weird feeling, Adam, where I'm like, I don't want to enjoy this because I don't want this on Tuesday night on SmackDown. I want this on a pay per view. I want this match to mean more. That's the see they do that a lot. Remember when uh, Daniel Bryan came back and suddenly he's fighting AJ Styles in a main event on a SmackDown, and you're like, and he won the title. No, not that one. The first time. Remember the first oh, time? Okay. And it was just sort of thrown together, and they're doing it for ratings, but it's like we as fans who are going to be here the whole year, every week, week to week, we're like, no, make that special. Don't waste it. The first, like, why we got mad at Braun versus Brock last fall. Why we got a little bit mad at Cena versus Reigns last fall. When we're like, these are not September feuds. These are mania right. feuds. So right. I felt that coming in, but, man, these women, they sold out. They sold out. They sold out to the point, Adam, where them kendo stick hits at the end, I was getting a little oh, cringy. Yeah. I was getting a little like, guys, save this for Sunday. You don't need to kill each other well, now. They showed they showed Charlotte's back as she like later, like someone took a picture of her as she was walking up. She was scraped the hell up all over her exposed back. Um, Oscar was vicious. Like, like, here's the thing. I agree with you in principle. Like, yeah, save that. Right. But they're giving us something better at the pay-per-view. And they gave us the proper, in this case, Shema's finish. Where they just were like, hey, we can't have Asuka go over Flair. And we can't have Flair go over Asuka again because that makes Asuka look weak. Eh, let's just use a kendo stick and beat the hell out of I each other. I hate that. It was perfect. But like, I, it, what's, you're like, what, what do you want instead? Do you want one of them to be the other ones? Well, no. But I also don't love that it's like you made me invest myself for, for a bunch of commercial breaks, 20 minutes for this match. And then there's just no finish. Now, I, I thought the ending was good enough and exciting enough that it still gave us something to chew on despite there not being a clean finish in the ring. The thing is, but though, I, like, it didn't... Okay, here's the thing. Was the attack in the, the three-way fight at the end entertaining enough? Yes. But we all knew that's how it was going to end, and we okay. all knew the three of them would do that. 
can you? I just want a little bit more. I want a storyline. I want. You know what, man? As much as we like unpredictability, sometimes wrestling is best when it's predictable because you actually know that the things they're doing are going to pay off in a meaningful oh, how way. How dare you say that out loud? It's somebody, true. Somebody no, it's, a, it's occasionally that. true. Somebody take that audio and say, actually, how about me? How about I make that into a drop? You just basically said sometimes it's better when it. No, the, the, the best times in wrestling is when Dean Ambrose turns heel on the night some guy said he had I'm cancer. Not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about from a long-term storyline perspective. And this, you're not going to expect Asuka to tap out Flair and then go into a pay-per-view in a triple threat match. That's what I'm talking you're about. You're right. I I'm, not talking about I'm not talking about storyline turns. I'm not talking about like them not surprising us with Daniel Bryan turning heel or Nakamura turning heel at WrestleMania. Those are surprises. Those are great. But ultimately, in the end, we want Johnny Gargano to win the title at the next TakeOver WrestleMania weekend. We want that to happen. If it doesn't happen, we're... Like, what, what the hell did you just do with us? All right, so you're saying long-term, yeah, long-term. That's what I'm saying. Predictability so in, this in a long-term sense, this, yeah. This is a shorter-term example, but we don't want Asuka to tap out Flair now. We want her to tap out Flair for the title in a match that matters. So you have to give us a schmoz finish in this case, especially when you have a triple threat coming up at the pay-per-view. I thought it was the perfect ending right. to the match. I, the I loved what win. they did, and it made Asuka look strong, which she's been a, basically a nobody for the last – since WrestleMania. Last ten months, she so I loved it. Japanese yelling at people. Eight months. I need more of of Japanese Asuka just yelling at people in her in her spoken tongue. I need Asuka to get out of the lingerie too. She she's, doesn't wear. You keep saying that she doesn't wear lingerie. I don't know why dude, you. Think she's that. wearing lingerie in a match. Ask she's my not. wife who walks in every single time during a women's match, and it's like this is the smut you spend fifteen hours a week watching. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Asuka's I'm like, come smut. back in five minutes. You can look at Bobby Lashley. Yeah, ass, your wife right? apparently didn't watch wrestling, you know, about fifteen twenty years ago. No, uh, no. What What about Becky Lynch wearing um What are those called? Fishnets. She was fishnets. That's not. Mm-hmm. Long. I mean, it's the same thing. I don't know. I just feel like it. it like for an outsider, like again, my wife walking in, she thinks Oscar's character as a prostitute you know what i'm saying like when i'm like no oscar's this badass you don't understand well i can't really d- defend her when she's coming out in like eight colored bras and in in some like i don't think she needs it is my point that's all i'm saying i don't think what do you Naomi want her to wear needs all the she can't flesh wear, she, she can't wear the suit to the ring so what do you want her to wear i think i can i can get back there in in fabric and i can make something i can i can you work can do with them you I can, can do it work okay we'll get you right. we'll get you there we'll right. get you backstage with the seamstress You'll design an outfit for Asuka. And we'll ask her which one she likes more. All right, BC. A couple more points here in the main event before we move on for the rest of the show. We're going to talk a little NXT for a change. And it's deserving. Because last week, and we taped this on Wednesday, so we're always, unfortunately, a week behind. You had Aleister Black come out, challenge Ciampa for, you know, a, a rematch for the NXT championship at the next TakeOver, which is in Phoenix, which sounds weird, but good for them that they're getting... Royal Rumble and a, and a takeover. Um, that match is going to happen, but he also instigated a steel cage match between Aleister Black and Johnny Gargano, which you have to believe is going to air on regular NXT TV at the next taping. And, oh, man, I'm fired up for this. Yeah, I, I have. Um, let's just say I've talked to someone who was at that match, and they said it's hot fire. Oh, it already happened? Yeah, I believe they pre-taped all that stuff. But, oh, I um, thought it was the next tape. I'm okay, avoiding great. spoilers like the plague, as always. And yeah, that was told so to me uh, unasked, but I accepted it. And um, I will say that I love I love this. I, man, I love this. I love that we don't know, you know, is, is, are Gargano and Champa going to team up? I love that Champa's playing head games, knowing that Gargano's character is off the rails. We talked to Johnny a couple weeks ago. He had some great stuff to say about how much fun 
this part of their story is that Johnny gets to be this crazy guy. I love the manipulation. I can't. I say it every week. I can't believe Champa's this good. I can't believe he's not just that skinny little B side of their tag team. He's not just DIY Genetti. I can't believe he's not DIY Genetti. How the hell did Tommaso Champa get this good, Adam? Uh, opportunity. Yeah, that's it. You it, give these guys opportunity to show out, to to cut promos, uh, to be themselves, and, and run good matches in the ring, and they deliver because you have extremely talented performers in your company. Um, and that's really what it is. You know, you, you can put a lot of guys in that title spot. Black showed out when he had the opportunity. Almas was a good champion, at least from a match quality standpoint. McIntyre, not so much, but it was a short reign. But most guys, when they get that spot in NXT and, and they're given the freedom to do so, they really are able to stand out and be something special. And he's just the latest one. And he's been doing it for a long time. Gargano has been doing it for a long time. And man, like I mentioned it, you know, 30 seconds ago, a couple minutes ago. I'm ready for that match. We're, we're, we're months, we're five months away, four months away. I'm ready for NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, Johnny Gargano, Tomas Ciampa for the NXT title, Gargano winning, us losing our shit. Like, that's going to be the match of the weekend. It's going to be the match of the year, the match of our lifetime. That's going to be everything we want and deserve as wrestling fans. And look, I, you know, I, I hated trips coming out with glow sticks. I hated trips with one boob in... Saudi Arabia wrestling for an hour. But man, I love NXT Patriarch Paul, man. Where would we be right now, Adam, without... Think about this. Where would we be with it? Like, let's say NXT wasn't what it was. Let's say... Oh, disastrous. But Okay, what I mean is they need that system. But let's say they didn't get... Let's say it wasn't like this house of indie amazingness of everything that we want as hardcore wrestling fans. Let's say it was, you know... Just wasn't that theme. Let's say it was a WWE style. Where would we be right now as wrestling fans? I'm serious. Would we would we care? Would we be all in on Japan and not Japan is our is our side piece? Where would we be? Would we even have this show right now? Paul, thank you. Trips, we trust. Not everything well, you do. It's funny we say that. Would we even have the show right now? But we never talk about NXT on this show. Well, true, but when it's time to talk about NXT, we we lather ourselves in in, in that sauce. I mean, it, as gross as that really just sounded, it really was in reality. But um, wow, I mean, field spots just get covered within yeah. like like Kurt Angle at the podium, two bottles of milk coverage. So I just mean that. I I don't mean to necessarily put Trips on the throne and make him a deity, but he's saving us. He's keeping us in this. Well, I, I stand by the fact that, for me, NXT is the best promotion. And you, even if you consider it a part of WWE, that's I don't care, whatever you think. For me, on its own, as a brand, it's the best brand in professional wrestling. It's better than WWE. It's better than NJPW. Because NJPW gives us a lot of great stuff. But BC, like, unless you're going to lie to me, we haven't talked about NJPW on the show for weeks. We've talked about the Elite and this AEW potential and some other stuff. But we even talked about NJPW on the show for weeks, maybe months, actually, months. And you know why? Because really nothing has happened for well, months. Now, individual storylines have happened and matches have been added to this Wrestle Kingdom 13 card, which is now finalized and we're going to talk about it in a moment. But on a week-to-week basis and even a month-to-month basis, once you get out of the G1 Climax, there's really very little that happens that you can actually sink your teeth into, enjoy, and talk about 
as it is with these three major pay-per-views, Wrestle Kingdom, Dominion, and the G1 Climax. If you're not around those three events, to me at least, it's largely irrelevant. Well, after G1, they still had some fire. They still had a couple of shows that we talked about and cared about. Kind of. This is their slow period as they build toward WK13, but it also kind of, I mean, for me personally, it, it coincides with boxing and MMA being on fire right now and big fight after big fight. And, you know, I don't mean to, to uh, heel turn Rosenberg people, but I just don't have the time right now. I love NJPW more than anyone. I just don't have the time. And I get the DMs from our people. And they're like, dude, did you just see Osprey three days ago? You got to watch it. And uh, this season, this month, I don't have the time. But I'm not angry at it. WWE makes it takes up a lot of our life. Yeah, it does. Um if I had the option to watch better wrestling that mattered, though, I w- I'd find time. I mean, for me, during football season, the fact that I don't have to worry about NJPW is the best possible news because all my free time is spent watching football. So, yes, if it was all three combined, it'd be terrible and it would be overwhelming for me. Um, but at the same time, you can't tell me that my point, my point in saying this was that you can't tell me that NJPW is a better brand than NXT when NXT provides nearly the same wrestling within my opinion, better storylines and a weekly consistent TV presence. Now, th- and, and it's, look, I'm American. It's in English. It's I easier. think the debate is more is similar to the what's better, boxing or MMA? And let's use NJPW as boxing, boxing. and MMA as NXT. There's, oh, there's, God, no. There's th- well, let me, let me tell you. Let me tell you right now. There's Go three ahead. days a year, you know, when boxing is at its very best, right? When boxing, it's when it's Super Bowl time for boxing. And I don't mean when it's Mayweather pay-per-view and you know you're not going to get what you right. deserve. You mean a Wilder Fury. Yes. You mean a when, Canelo when, Triple G. When boxing yeah. is great, there's nothing else. And I mean in team sports, me personally talking, there's nothing else comparable. It's great. But throughout a whole year, UFC and MMA, yes. They entertain you, give you more value. They do it. So NXT more consistently, yes. NJPW plays the higher notes better, but I feel like if I had been watching the last few weeks, I would have been fired up. I just don't have the time right now. You know why part of it is? The G1 is is a monster that even WWE doesn't have anything to compare to. If you want to care Nor should it, by the way. and have a podcast like we do, where we, you know what I mean? And even we had trouble keeping up. That's all. I put a lot of time into Japan yeah. this summer, and I almost need I almost need to wrestle Kingdom to, to get back, you know? Well, yeah, no, you do, you do need like six, eight weeks, but they're giving us 16. 20. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's an extended period of time. And yes, they have the world tag league and yes, things have happened. I'm not saying that nothing's happening and I'm not ignorant to that, but look, what do we care about really the most? We care about Kenny Omega and Okada and Tanahashi. We want the big names to be doing things throughout the year. We talk about Brock Lesnar being an absentee champion. I haven't seen the IWGP heavyweight championship in a long time. Now, granted, I'm not watching the show, so I'm Speaking a little, you know, like an idiot here in that regard. But there hasn't been a reason for me to tune into a Kenny Omega match. Zero since the G1 Climax or since the event after, I think, when he defended it against Ishii, maybe. Is that what it was? Whatever. I haven't had a reason to tune in. And and that's the biggest issue. But this Wrestle Kingdom 13 card is finalized. I'm going to quickly run down these matches. Most of these are, have already been known. I just, I'm curious if anything stands out to you. We have Omega Tanahashi for the heavyweight title. Jericho, who... Again, <laughs> won the title. I don't think he's defended it yet. Or no, he defended it once and won uh, against Naito for the Intercontinental title. Okada versus White, the rivalry match, um, obviously for taking over the faction. The junior title, Kushida against uh, Ishimori. The U.S. title, 
Cody against Juice Robinson. Yes. Then we have the Young Bucks against the Gorillas of Destiny, which will settle, I think, the Bullet Club feud, which really seems like it's been going on for a year now. We have the British Heavyweight Championship, Ishii against uh, Sabre, and the Never Openweight Championship. And this is the one for me that rings the damn bell. Kota Abushi. This is strong style. This is Kota Abushi against Will Ospreay. Dude, uh, I love this card. I haven't been it's dialed a great in card. on NHAPW. Uh, again, some of their fault, some of my fault. I love the crap out of this card. I don't think there's a spare tire or, or a flat tire on here. I think every every match I have some sort of uh, storyline or at least five-star potential you know, uh, that, that's making me fired up looking at it. Yeah, they, they won. This is a great card. Love it. There, there's only one match I left off, and it's just like a tag team, you know, type of match, Rapungi 3K or whatever the hell it is. Um, but my, the reason I wanted to name these one by one, this is the entire card. Whereas the last couple years, and really, excuse me, in NJPW's history, you have all these six-man tags and these extra tag team matches, these 10-man ma- like just the stuff that was mind-numbing and you would fast forward through, and you and I would say, hey, what time do you think we can wake up for NJPW to see the three main matches that we want to see? Well, what the hell am I going to do now? I got to wake up when it starts. Hey, they've been I, listening I, to the Silver King complaining, and they're they're responding. It's crazy. This card, I, I may be cri- being critical of NJPW for the last five minutes. This card is incredible. I don't I don't know the last time I've seen a card in any company like a, with, with this many matches because the NXT cards are great. But one, two, three, four, five, six, eight of the nine matches are sick. And, and I don't know how line. the hell I'm going to watch it. Like, there's matches like Ishii Saber where you're like, their chemistry is incredible. That's going to be great. Right. But how about the storyline in the in a, in like 80 percent of these that have been told for now for a full year, if not longer? This is great. I mean, the Jericho Naito thing was you go back to the night, the day after Wrestle Kingdom 12, right? When Jericho came running out and attacked Naito or the build to Wrestle Kingdom 12 when Jericho on Twitter was attacking Naito. Now we're getting finally this giant payoff. A year later, I know they wrestled in between, but I'm saying like, this is great. Great. What's crazy is I read eight matches. Five of them have like five to even six star potential. That's yeah. the sickest part. Yeah, it is. And, and anyone who's here in Ishimori, who's that? I love that guy, too. Kushida is one of my oh, favorites. Ishimori incredible. Here. Yeah. yeah this, and then the Cody Juice rematch. Come on. Come on, Brandy. I'm ready for this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> By the way, if we we're not allowed to do things like power rankings of the hottest women in wrestling, you can only do that off camera because it's 2018. But uh, right, right. is very. I mean, technically, you're not even supposed to do it off camera. But that's ahead. true. In 2018, you can't do it anywhere. But yeah. uh, but we are men, and that's what men do. And Brandy's a very beautiful woman. So congratulations, Cody. Thank you. <laughs> that's as PC as I can say it. Thank you. She's she's a beautiful woman. What's always what's always like funny to me is like when I'm watching Being the Elite, and it's just like a bunch of dudes, and then she walks in and like. The, the joint gets classed up immediately. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? It's, it's very noticeable. Um, but BC, we got a good amount of show left. Why do we have a good amount of show left? Because there is there are 12, 12, I'll say it one more time, 12 matches on this WWE TLC pay-per-view card. And it's truly shocking to me that there's this many matches on a non-major year-end pay-per-view that's a gimmick pay-per-view at that. So we're going to roll through these. A lot of these you're probably going to hear Brian say, hey, give me four hot minutes and get me out of here. I'd like a little bit of thought and analysis to them if you can provide. I'm going to start off the top because I know you haven't even watched it. And we'll talk about the Mixed Match Challenge 2 final where somehow despite losing like all of their early matches, the finalists are R-Truth and Carmella against Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox. And the only reason that this is actually worth discussing, BC, 
The winner of this match, in addition to getting an quote-unquote all-expenses-paid vacation, which is meaningless, they're going to get the number 30 spots in both Royal Rumbles. Wow. So I don't – the match – look, R-Truth and Carmelo are going to win, and if they don't, it's, a, it's ridiculous. My bigger issue, though, is I think that is a massive mistake by WWE. Those 30 spots, the last spot, you usually use either to bring someone back for a surprise or just for a big name. A Rey Mysterio, yeah, a John Cena. What the hell are they doing well, giving these I'm spots split. away? Because when you said that at first, I was like, yes, finally, it's sort of like the baseball all-star game, putting putting something on the line. Right. I, I'm like, okay, I hate Mixed Match or I don't hate, I just don't, have, I don't care about Mixed Match Challenge, but this made me suddenly care about this match. Like, okay, there's something on the line. You're right. At the same time, it does sort of take away something special within the Rumble, but... I'm down with this. By the way, your mortal enemy at Talkback Box, the guy you block on Twitter, you guys are really alike. Blocks. He may have to replace me on the show one day. He loves, he thinks Ten, uh, Kenny Omega's title reign as an IWGP Heavyweight Champion has been disappointing. That's a Silver King take. And he also thinks the Mixed Mac Challenge is one of the greatest things ever and watches it with oh, his I don't, I don't believe that. I just, I enjoy it. It's fine. All right, all right. I'm just saying. One day, if I if I get assassinated, they're talk box. I'll, I'll in, know who right? it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you can keep unblock. Up, all right, if I get assassinated, will you unblock him? him? We'll see what happens. Will you unblock him at least if somebody kills me? He's been unblocked for weeks. All I think right, he right. tweeted at me or included me. In, uh, all right, he's making over. a run at the Mount Rushmore. We'll have to unveil that during the award show. All right. I don't know. I think it's a little too early for a Mount Rushmore, but we do have, you know, Tristan deserves it. We met him. We know he's a real person. Yeah, he did kill but... us. Yeah, that was great. That was yeah, great. exactly. Uh, all right, liver. all right. I still have the... my liver and my kidney, so it's That's... good. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, th- I do think R-Truth and Carmella will win because, man, if not, like Mahal and Fox being the number 30 entrance in the Royal Rumble, Lame. not good. And, and I think, honestly, if you want to give away that 30th, 30th spot in the Royal Rumble, you know who you give it to? The Soul Survivor at Survivor Series. You do something like yes, that, yes. where you have a King of the Ring late in the year, and you, the winner of the King of the Ring, instead of getting a title shot, gets the 30th spot in the Royal Rumble. You do something well, else. You I'd don't like give if, it away on a mixed match challenge. I'd like if, if Truth can wrestle for that. He'll, let's say they win this. Truth has the 30th spot. Then you put that up at a pay-per-view or at, at a, on a SmackDown or whatever. Yeah. You know, that, that's perfectly totally fine. Totally agree. Or you do it by a brand, where like Raw wins it at the Survivor Series, and then a raw person is the 30th, and it can still be a surprise. So there's a lot of ways to do it. I just think that was the wrong one. All right, let's actually get to this card, uh, BC, this part that matters. I hope that's on the kickoff show. Cruiserweight Championship, Buddy Murphy, Cedric Alexander. I don't know if it's going to be on the kickoff show or the main show. Let's hope the main show again. Holy cow. Oh, my God. Holy cow is right. So damn fired up for what this is going to look like, what's going to smell like, what it's going to sound like, taste like. Uh, if I only knew my own soundboard, I would already hit it. In the dark, I feel it home. Time has passed and now I've grown. Oh, yeah. Used to dream I'd have it all. Now it's mine, I won't let go. Oh, man, I was so frazzled there. I used the word hitted instead of hit. That was great. All right, so the, here we go. Uh, give me, uh, give me, they'll give him 11, and the 11 minutes will be so damn hot. Um, Buddy Murphy should win and defend here, unless they are going to call him up, unless they believe in him in a tight t-shirt. I saw him in Brooklyn in a tight t-shirt. This guy looks like a million bucks. He looks like a Chippensdale dancer or something. This guy, Mr. Alexa Bliss, is hot fire. If he wants to go to the main roster now, then lose the belt. If not, Keep him Title. as champion. This is the best matchup you can make in Cruiserweight. I always thought it was going to be Neville and Cedric Alexander. No, it's even better now. And shout out to Neville as Pac doing his business on the Indies. I hope he's doing his business on AEW one day. Anyway, yes, Buddy Murphy, yes. Yeah, definitely a retention for Buddy Murphy. I said it a little bit ago in the show. Buddy Murphy loses to Mustafa Ali. 
at WrestleMania. That's the way you do it. Mustafa Ali needs the title. You have to put him over a heel, not his friend in Cedric Alexander. Perfect storyline, perfect way to develop it. Buddy, and he just got the title too. I don't want him giving, you know, Cedric had it for like a year. Buddy Murphy's had it for like three months, two months. No, no way. Uh, moving on, Randy Orton uh, against Rey Mysterio in a chairs match. This is an instance at least BC where I will say that they properly utilized the weapon yes. in the lead up to the match. Therefore, it actually makes sense. I'm down for it. I like this Orton character of going through all the fan favorites as just this dastardly heel. And it seems like he actually likes it. And we all know when Randy or when Randy Orton is bought in, he's the best he can be. Yeah, it's, and I think he's been very good the last couple months. There's a Brock-like element to him where he's yes. going to underachieve unless you push him. No. I, I think what it boils down to, though, Rome, is that perfect 10 crap just pisses me off. <laughs> oh, I found that on the soundboard there. Uh, randomly, I forgot I had that. Uh, he's so good in this role right now, man. When he, You're right. He's dialed in. He's happy. And it just want, for like the millionth time, it reminds you, don't turn him face. Like, I know why they do it. You get pops. But even as a face, he's a dirtbag. He burned down Bray Wyatt's prayer shack. He dug up Bray Wyatt's dead sister. Like, he's a dirt hole. <laughs> he's a dirt hole. And it's working that he's acting like it. Rey Mysterio has been taking some good beatings. I know he came back and got a little bit of comeuppance this week. I care about this match. TLC is a pay-per-view of all the gimmick ones they have that I get excited for. I love that some matches have one weapon but not the others because I think it makes it fresh. When it's Elimination Chamber and there's four different chamber matches, I'm a little bit bored, right? Hell in a Cell, I, I would think they should get rid of that pay-per-view. You want to do one Hell in a Cell match per year, I'm in. No Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. TLC, yes, it's fun, it's creative. This match is going to be really good. Chairs matches consistently have been great the last couple of years. I'm in on this, and I think it's time to give Rey Mysterio a win. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, you know, the whole bringing Rey Mysterio back, like, I was up for it, and I'm still happy he's back because I get to see him. But they they don't really have anything for him. And unless they're going to make an intercontinental, uh, sorry, U.S. title run leading into WrestleMania, they may need, once the superstar shakeup happens, to move this guy over to Raw. I do think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see a lot of, I think the shakeup this year after WrestleMania is going to be pretty big, especially with Roman still out. There is a talent disparity on Raw and SmackDown right now. If you look at SmackDown, there are so many guys who could legitimately be a world champion on either brand. And on and on Raw, to their own fault, there's like four. And two of them are in an intercontinental title feud. The other's injured, and the other's not there because he's the actual champion. It's a big issue, and they need to rectify it. And Mysterio might be part of that, even if it's for a mid-card, even if it's to make him the intercontinental champion on Raw in the new year. They need to rectify that. I like him. He's doing a great job so far in his return. Uh, next match coming up, Natalia against Ruby Riot in a tables match. A little bit less of a good reason for this to be a tables match, although they tried to make it work on Monday night. <laughs> so there's a lot of fans, BC, that are not pleased with the storyline. And we got a DM from Casey Finlinson at FinDaddy81. He said, for those that watch WWE, is the Natalia and Ruby Riot feud and WWE using Natalia's deceased father, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, obviously. Is it uncomfortable for anyone else? I get it's been done before, but for me, it's too much. Is it too much for you? No, they actually, they finally got me to care about this this week. It wasn't great. It was clunky. It was corny. It's corny to have Jim the Anvil's face, his whole body painted on a table, but you know which, what? By the way, he which, by the way, he would have loved. Yeah, and it worked. And, and look, she's a, she's a lifetime carny. She's a heart. Of course it's okay with her. It's okay with him. 
they made it matter this week. Natalia's promo was good. She put emotion into it. It, it. it wasn't bad. And I thought that was some of the best presentation for Ruby Riot, who I think typically has overacted in her big moments, trying to prove that she belongs. And I think she was more comfortable. I think they got the right makeup combo on her, too. She's, she's, I like her look right now. I like every, I like a lot of that. I thought this whole thing for the first time made me go, oh, all right, let me see what this match looks like. Yeah, you're probably only going to give me eight hot minutes. It's probably all this match. Deserves. Look, this card's going to be long, so I'm hoping that some of these early matches are unnecessarily long. I hope they are short and compact and good. This one's going to be a table match. Natalia's going to win. She should win. She should end with, you know, smiling and giving a tribute to her father. Yes, the use of the glasses is corny, but I waded through it. Not bad. Not bad right now. So I'm going to actually slightly disagree. So to answer his question, no, it doesn't make me uncomfortable because A, Night Art would have loved it. Uh, B, WWE has done it a million times. They did it with Eddie Guerrero, you know, and others. And C, it... It's just not – I don't think it's in bad taste based on who it's about, like you said, with Natalia. But what I don't like is that the storyline has been awful. If you're going to do it, make it a good storyline. It's just like I said with Ambrose bringing up you know, Roman Reigns' leukemia three or four times after that initial moment. I don't necessarily mind you doing it, but make it work. Instead, it was like you know, having to do with all this other crap that he deserved it and all that. It just didn't sit well with me. So I don't like the storyline of her breaking glasses that Natalia had never brought to the ring before, only having having done it one time. If she had been doing it for a month and then she did it and, and broke them on purpose, then maybe there's something there. So I don't love the storyline. I do hope this one's four hot minutes and get me out of there. I would actually be okay with Ruby Riot winning because it's a, it's a tables match, so you can have an accidental loss. It's not a pinfall. It doesn't necessarily hurt you. If it tweaked something in Natalia's brain and she turned heel and it started attacking Rousey and that was Rousey's feud in the lead up to whoever she faces at WrestleMania. So I'd be okay with that if Riot wins and that all happens. If not, Natalia needs to win. You get it over with. You move on. No, you got to have Natalia win to give Jim some shine. I wish they had broken Brett's glasses instead. Brett's got the more iconic glasses. You can't maybe, break those. Maybe he needs to die first. I don't know. But just for the record, guys. Uh, to say for the record, I was not banging Sonny. And I look at that as a flaw. I look at that as another negative mark on Bret Hart's legacy. Yeah, the chance, bro. You could have had some sunny days. Prime sunny? Come on. No? Sunny days are here again, my friend. Wow. All right. All right. All right. Uh, next up, we have Elias. I told you, there's a lot of singles matches on this show with no titles. Very weird. We have Elias against Bobby Lashley, the almighty Bobby Lashley. I do like that new gimmick, by the way. In a ladder match, and what will be on top of the ladder Hanging in the air, a guitar that the winner who gets the guitar will be able to use. This is a like a, a Vicky Guerrero on a pole match. This is this is for me. This is terrible. But you go ahead and tell yeah, me. Yeah, this I'm sucks. Wrong. Let's get, give me four hot minutes and get out of here. I'm hoping that right. this is the end of it. Elias deserves better. I don't want to see Bobby Lashley's ass anymore. Yes, he's better with Leo Rush. No, do I want to see him go any further than this? End it. Use the guitar. Somebody will get smashed. It's over. They both deserve better. Who wins? I, it better be Elias so that the feud can end. If it's not, I'm I'm out. All right. I think so too, and I think Lashley and Rush can distract Lashley, and something happens, and they, he can get out of it without you know being hurt too badly. We also have Finn Balor against Drew McIntyre in a non-stipulation match that is just happens to be on this show. Uh, I don't know where they're going with this. I mean, I do know where they're going with this. Drew McIntyre is going to win, um, but 
it just seems weird because it seems like they've been building both of these guys up simultaneously, yet there's no title on the line and someone has to lose. And how the hell do they do it? Do they do it with disqualification where McIntyre beats the hell out of him? It makes Finn look weak, but he doesn't take a pin. Does he take a pin? What the hell do you think happens here? Uh, it's weird, man, because, you know, they, they, they've jobbed Dolph Ziggler out two weeks in a row. Now they say, well, he won two weeks ago. No, it wasn't a win. Uh, so they've jobbed Dolph Ziggler out to the point where his loss this week, the clean loss, I felt was them writing him off TV. And then you go on Dolph's Twitter account, he's got a bunch of comic uh, dates lined up. So it feels like he's going away for a while. So what I don't want to see is Drew is Dolph come back and, and have a role in this match. I don't think this match should happen right now. I think we had too many matches on here. Uh, you want to build toward a longer term, like Royal Rumble match between these two. That's fine. Drew's going to win. They're only propping up Finn so they can go down hard. I'm not really into this at all. Thank you. It's it's weird because in the prior Raw, he wasn't on this week because of an illness, but on the prior Raw, it felt like they were building something with Finn. And one part of me thinks like maybe they had McIntyre take that fall at that time. So when Finn beats him at the show, it's not his first loss and it's not as big of a deal. But then my mind's thinking, wait. But it should be if they want Finn to win, it should have been McIntyre's first loss. That would make this. That would make sense. If, like he's the first one to beat him, and then you, McIntyre can get his win back, and all's good to go. No, but to they me, shined you're him up. They shined him up for one day, so we can go. Oh, they they like him again. He's not a jobber, and then he'll lose. And that's exactly what I think. So I think McIntyre gets over on the Ziggler win two weeks ago by beating Balor, who caused that here. I agree with you. I think Ziggler's off TV. Until the Royal Rumble, so basically just like last year, they'll bring him back in you know a month and a half. He'll get winter break off and so on and so forth. Hey, Finn, but, um, Finn I just want to say something. I know I've said this on the show before. Yeah. Um, Finn, you are 37, bro. You, you're in great shape, but you're entering where I am. I'm, come, at, come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm washed, bro. Um, you got great abs, but uh, they don't care about you like we do. And they meaning uh, the uh, McMahons, the Helms. Unlike you, unlike you, Finn's 37, but he looks 27. So, and I know that this is his dream and his parents are always with him on these WWE network shows. And he just, it's his dream. I know it's your dream, brother, but you were badass in Japan. You were the Prince Devitt, the badass. You said the F word a lot. You were the heart and soul of that Bullet Club for a short season there. So here's the deal, Finn. You already went as far as you can on WWE TV. Yeah, the injury got in the way. It's still your biggest moment. But there's a lot more big moments to come if you're truly an artist and you care about the craft. And <sighs> Finn, if you anymore. care about the craft, sorry, not Finn, Ferg, brother, Ferg, if you care about the craft like I think you do, come over to where the water's fine. Come over to the revolution. Come over to AEW. Go back to Japan. We want you. We need you. Thank you. He's not going anywhere. All right. SmackDown Tag Team Titles, the bar defending against Usos and New Day. You know, I said last week at the end of the show that uh, the rap battle was a future feel spot moment. It got half a feel for yeah. me. It, it wasn't that great. The Usos are good. You know, we know the Usos can rap. You know, they can write lines and they can recite them. Fine. Uh, segment, eh, whatever. Uh, and because of that, this match, eh, whatever. If you told me a year ago we were going to get a triple threat match between these three teams, I would have said this better be at WrestleMania and it better be one of the final four matches. And truth be told, this match is still going to be great. But, but man, I don't, give a, I don't give a crap. Yeah, so... When 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 you when you get a little weird with the idea that there's twelve matches, rightfully so, I think I want the ones to stay on. Like I want the Natty Riot one because there's like a story involved. This one there's sure. really no story. So while yes, it will entertain me, I don't think we need it. I do think the Usos need to win. You got to look the the. The, the damn bar doesn't have Big Show anymore like they should in any way. They shouldn't have the titles either. I know it's sort of been, been like back and forth, but the real feud here is New Day 
and the Usos. It's one of the best feuds of tag teams we've seen in a long time. Let's put the belts back on the Usos. Titles. Yeah. And let's get going to Mania with Usos New Day again. So let's do that this time. And real quick, uh, Kentucky Long Rifle, yes, from at Mike Kruglio, friend of the show, says two thoughts on SmackDown. The Usos are the best on the mic on any show, including NXT. And Nakamura looks like a figure skater. Tara Lashinsuke, if you will. <laughs> well done, Mike Kruglio. Well done, brother. And you know what? In that rap battle, even though it didn't sizzle, the Usos were damn good. Damn they're, good. Yeah. So, yeah. They're, they're great. Um, they're just great top to bottom. And you're right. If they can put the titles on Usos and stretch this out. We're talking months, though. That's the problem. But if they can stretch it out and get New Day the title shot at WrestleMania and you have that match that we've wanted the one-on, not one-on-one, but two-on-two match, no other BS involved at WrestleMania, that's what we want. But the biggest mistake WWE made with the Superstar Shakeup was bringing the bar over from Raw to SmackDown where they were the only legit tag team on Raw and not bringing anyone back from SmackDown to Raw. They should have brought the Usos or New Day back to Raw. Had one, Then the tag team picture would at least look somewhat legitimate and you would have had a team that could have carried the division. Instead, they went with that Bray Wyatt, Matt Hardy team. They had, they've had the B team, AOP. Think about how bad the Raw tag team picture is. It's a combination of them not pushing teams the right way and not having a really good division with. It's not even. It's way overloaded on the SmackDown side of things. Even Sanity. Why put Sanity on SmackDown when you could have put them on Raw with AOP and had these teams go head-to-head all year long? Very, very strange. Didn't make any sense to me. Just so you'll know... I don't succumb to public pressure. I could care less what the public wants because, quite frankly, I know what they want better than they do. It's just a reminder. Thank you. We know, Vince. Don't worry. Uh, We also, coming up before our, let's call it a quadruple main event, uh, we have Braun Strowman against Baron Corbin in a TLC match. Now, the stipulations are if Strowman wins, he gets a universal title shot against Brock Lesnar, I think with the stipulation of his choice, uh, at the Royal Rumble. And if Baron Corbin wins, he becomes the full-time Raw General Manager BC, before you even start in on this match, I have one question that you cannot answer. What is going to be atop the ladder? Because well, it's they a TLC ha- match. Do TLC yeah. matches have to end with somebody climbing? Yeah, I they believe do. so. They do. Okay, You're, it's not a, so. It's not just you can use the three elements and then get a pin. I think the whole point of it is that it's a ladder match that uses tables and chairs. Because if not, it's a street fight. Good point. It's a good point. And I do recall to the last great TLC match I saw when AJ Styles ripped his arse December 2016 against uh, against Dean. Ambrose. Yes, it was it was uh, Jim's Jim Ellsworth, James Ellsworth there who did. Cl- help. Don't forget. Don't forget. We have was it was there a TLC match? The one earlier with. Oh, no, it's a ladder match with Elias and Lashley. All right, uh, what is okay, going to be up Go there? Um, the green. Exactly. The green belt that Strowman won in Saudi. <laughs> Title in there. No. I don't know. It's we. It doesn't make any sense to the point that this match doesn't even make sense. It feels to me because they're promoting it with Ron hasn't been on TV since he had surgery. He's obviously going to show up. It's obviously going to be a squash. At least I think so. All right. Yeah. You, maybe you a contract. Think, well, if Corbin wins, he becomes full time GM. So maybe a GM contract at the top. I don't know. Or both contracts are in a briefcase above, and whoever yeah, gets it gets to use the contract yeah. of their choice. But I mean, it's weird, right? It is, which, which, by the way, you, I think you just solved it. It is going to be a squash because of that and because Strowman's not fully back. So somebody's going to get their ass kicked. Oh, Mark Henry. Oh, hell. <laughs> uh, I wish I had the button ready. Um, yeah. uh, I do, too. I thought you had it. Yeah. No. Um, 
I, I think I think you have the heel win. I think you have Corbin win. I think you have him beat the crap out of Strowman. Interesting. Again. No, I think you have to have Strowman win. I, I, I think they have plans for Alexa Bliss as Raw GM. Is that possible? Or Kurt Angle coming back? Because we haven't seen Kurt Angle in a long time. So I'm not really sure what they're going to do. But I don't think – as much as I have thought Baron Corbin has done a fine job in this role, I don't think making him permanent general manager is the answer. What about Kurt? Kurt not coming back, though? Yeah, that's what you just I, said. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Kurt, Alexa Bliss. I think there's options out there. Um, Alexa Bliss is GM. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you'll stick with Corbin. I'll stick with Strowman. No, I mean, look, yeah, I just, I feel like this Corbin thing has a longer term end game. And I feel like he pisses me off sometimes, but he's a lightning rod on Raw right now. He is, but uh, to the detriment of probably the show, right? Um, As much as I think he might be doing a good job. That said, John Dumphy at John Dumphy 68, one off 69, not so nice, says, uh, it seemed to be hinting, WWE seemed to be hinting pretty strongly that Lars Sullivan was going to play a role in TLC on Sunday. What role do you see him playing? And could an angle where he is involved in the Corbin-Strowman match be a possibility? Oh, that's genius. Corbin's muscle. That's genius. He comes in as Corbin's muscle to destroy Strowman. Corbin wins. The feud continues. Yes! That's perfect. By the way, I'm all in on Lars Sullivan on the main roster. I hope Vince gives him more than a week before he ruins him. And a similar DM slide, but different from Brian Owens at Owens 11B, our boy, B.O., uh, good friend, says, is there any chance Lars Sullivan gets the (laughs) the Tyrus Funkasaurus treatment? He was getting the monster promos before he debuted, and then all, all went crap when he came out the first time. I hope not, but who knows? So after reading that DM before the show, I'm like, yeah, they're probably going to ruin him. But your way of saying it, look, what's the best way to use a, a freak monster as muscle, right? Yes, Corbin Smart. He's going to do this beautiful booking. Let's do it. Yes. Definitely possible. Dude, the Funkasaurus was so over. Yes. How yes, did was. that get over? I don't, it it the, the music was it the just music, the theme? Yeah, it was the d- dancing and the music and chubby guy Na- and Naomi. Naomi got it over, and basically. he had he had charisma too. So yeah, yeah, that is uh, he did have he did have charisma, but it just it felt the entire time they were doing it that it, they were wasting him because there's no coming back from that gimmick. Like you're right, that gimmick. Right. You're no way, Jose. I'm sorry. That's who you yes. are now. Yes. And they built it was a good swerve though. I will say I always enjoyed. They built him up as a monster. He comes in as the Funkasaurus, and it's like, <laughs> what? Like, what is this? And it worked. People loved it. There was the, the, the mama at WrestleMania, right? Didn't they have all the mamas on stage or something like that? Like, I just remember that being a big thing. But, hey, look, who won that? Naomi. Let she me, won. Let me say something about Lars that you're going to disagree with, okay? Are you ready? Um, some people think that, uh, you know, Braun Strowman could be the new Big Show, but even better long-term. I think Strowman's better than the Big Show long-term potential if they if used right, if the push as a champion, all that. Maybe Lars Sullivan could be the new Big Show, meaning the new freak guy muscle that can just be used to take falls in feuds against rising main eventers and then just crush people outside of that. You're right. I totally disagree with that. All right. There you go. There you go. All right. right, Up next, uh, the Intercontinental Championship match, Rollins versus Ambrose. And this is where I get into the point of the show where I rewind back to the start of the TLC preview and I say matches that probably should have stipulations don't. And this is one of them. This is a blood feud. It would have made sense for there to have been a ladder or a chair or a table or something involved. And yet here we are without it. It's a one-on-one match for the title. 
do we have a new Intercontinental Champion after Sunday night? Yes, we do. Because if you're going to put this much time into Ambrose being a dirtbag with the Bane leather jacket, and I don't like it, but damn, did it have a nice launching point. You got to make it matter. How do you make it matter? You win the championship like a dirt hole. And that's what he's going to do. And uh, who was it you? Who, somebody, a DM or you one time was like, let's go all in with Renee in this. On You know, she's in kind of a interesting, uncomfortable role. Her husband's a psychotic dirt hole. She has to kind of defend him or, or just say she doesn't know. What if she becomes part of the story? What if she helps him win? What if she yeah. almost becomes a heel, but not really a heel because she's supporting her husband? Sometimes dirtbag men in this world put their wives in bad spots where they have to defend their actions and decide I'm either with him or against him. Like a lot of you people on the show, you're either putting in that five star review or you're not. All right. Or you're or you're squatting for free right now. This, You know what I'm saying? It's true. You know, what if she got involved? That's probably more dream booking. We got to get back to reality. The reality is Dean's going to win this or it doesn't yeah. matter at all. I, I totally agree. I think Ambrose has to win the title more so than just because of that reason, because then it, otherwise it wouldn't matter. It sets Rollins up for a potential match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And what I took away, and this is what I saved from the main event earlier in the show, what I took away from Raw is they had Rollins open the show as the guy that represented the WWE universe. And they had him close the show atop a ladder with a title in his hand, getting serenaded by the crowd. And he got massive, massive pops on both ends of the show. And if you're going to tell me that they're not going to have that person, main event WrestleMania with Brock Lesnar, in the, for the male main event at least, then there's only one other option, and it's AJ Styles, and I've already mentioned that previously. But I don't see Braun Strowman ever getting that type of reaction. And I don't see Dean Ambrose or Drew McIntyre or anyone else getting that type of reaction going into WrestleMania. That told me their money is in with Rollins being this either full-time or temporary, hopefully temporary replacement for Reigns as their bell cow on Raw. And it's set up for me. He needs to lose the title here. He can maybe get his title defense at um, the Royal Rumble or on Raw or something like that. They can end that storyline and they can move forward. The only negative, BC, is this storyline, just like we talked about earlier with some others, deserved more. This deserved a SummerSlam main event, a Royal Rumble main event. It didn't deserve a TLC, fourth to last card on the show. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. You think fourth the match to last match good? on the show is what I think I the match will be, be good or what? I think it'll be good. I don't think it'll be great. I hope they. I hope the match has such good chemistry and and juice that it it wins us back on the whole gas mask fiasco on the uh, you fans smell really bad so I need to get a uh, needle in my anus that whole a angle uh, if we can get <laughs> off of that and back onto wow these former best friends who have had a rocky road really hate each other and their other best friend has cancer and the dirt bag doesn't care yeah yeah that that works that works thank you. So much of the same can be said about this next match, the Rousey uh, Nia Jax match for the Raw Women's Championship, because we've already seen this match. And let's be honest, at the time we saw the match, it was Rousey's best match in WWE. So I think this match, similar to Ambrose Rollins, has the potential to save what has otherwise been an awful feud, at least on the mic. I will say, though, BC, on Monday night, maybe they're not listening to the Silver King, but it sure as hell felt like they were. Because Ronda Rousey came out, said a total of two sentences, 
They were well-delivered, and she ran into the ring to attack Nia Jax. That's exactly how you're supposed to use Ronda Rousey. On the other hand, you had Nia Jax trying to cut this promo for what felt like an hour and a half, and holy crap, it was terrible. It was awful television. I, I have no defense for her ever on anything. She's just yelling at random moments. I still will not <laughs> allow Tamina Snuka slander on my timeline, but Naya is a – she's just lost, man. She's lost. You're right, giving Ronda – now, look, there's problems with that whole segment by far. You're scheduling sure, but... a face-off. You never have the face-off. And worse, Ronda's getting bailed out by – by Ember Moon? Like, no, no. Well, I, don't, I mean, look, look, you can say what you that. will about Ronda supposed, supposed to be a badass, but she's going up against two women, and I'm not saying their weight, like, as a negative. They said it out loud. Their combined weight's, like, 500-plus pounds. Ronda's one woman. Like, she does need some support there. So I, I didn't have an issue with that. Yeah, I mean, they, we didn't, luckily we didn't get. I really can't wait to show the man how it's really done. We didn't get any of that, so that worked, but man. We got two good, badass lines from her. You no, know, that was good, and, and she dropped her mic. Yeah, that worked, that works. I'm bad. That, well done, they were listening again. Wow, somebody's listening to this show. Somebody is. Did I just say, I hate when podcasts say that? Somebody's listening to this show. Anyway, uh, Naya, you're done, bro. You're done. Okay, you're you are not like most girls. Most girls could probably cut a promo. They can. Most girls in WWE can cut a promo very well, actually. That was really bad. And then, like, I don't care about that Ember Moon match. Like, I just don't care. I don't like I, Ember Moon. Do you agree with time. me? Do you agree with me though that despite how bad Nia is on the mic, that we already have seen this match a couple months ago? It was very good. Ended in the schmas with uh, Alexa Bliss cashing in Money in the Bank. That's the pay per view. It was at Money in the Bank. Um, I think this match can save this feud as long as it's just as good as that one was. True. The problem is we don't care about it because we don't believe that Nia is going to win to extend this feud. We believe that Rousey True. should win to end it. So in reality, then, I don't care. Well, you know, but this goes back to my point earlier in the show that at first you kind of poo-pooed and then you maybe have agreed with a little bit, which is in terms of long-term storytelling, we don't want Ronda to lose the title. We want Ronda to, to take the title into WrestleMania against Becky Lynch and or Charlotte Flair. That's the match we want. You're so right. if they go along that storyline, that's pleasing to us as consumers. I don't want Nia Jax winning. And she I had won the title Ronda shot. Didn't she win it in the Battle Royal? She had won the title shot. So this does it does put a, an end on that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was getting. Give me four hot minutes. Get off my screen. Thank you. OK, they can that they can do that there. But this one cannot be four hot minutes. The WWE Championship between Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. We're not seeing it on SmackDown shoved into a 25-minute main event. We are seeing it probably in the main event of TLC, but it really shouldn't be. It should, should be the co-main event of TLC. Um, an elongated match with a heel new Daniel Bryan against the face AJ Styles. What do you think is going to happen here? And are you fired up for this? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to feel that, feel that, feel that. I'm fired up. I love this match so much more that Daniel Bryan is a heel. It almost takes the pressure off this match needing to live up to a certain star standard inside the ring, which 
Daniel Bryan on this comeback hasn't been able to do. I'm not going to rip him here, but, you know, like he didn't have great chemistry with The Miz. He wasn't able to save that whole situation. I think the storyline elements of him being a heel now and being dirty is going to make this really fun. They're going to do fun WWE business, not NJPW business. And I think this is going to be great to see. Ultimately, Daniel Bryan needs to keep this belt. You broke up AJ's long feud, uh, long reign, I'm sorry. Uh, Record break, you know, not record breaking, but longest we've seen in a while since Punk. So you, you just no need to go back to that. I think you got to roll the dice on what this feud Daniel Bryan one run looks like. Can he be the face of SmackDown? Can he be the the guy ending the show every week? I think he can. I think there's. I think we're going to end up finding out that we're going to like Daniel Bryan better as a heel than we ever did as a face. And I know I, I, we said I had this conversation last week or the week before. It sounds like blasphemy because Daniel Bryan had that organic run that's dis that's not similar to anybody else really in WWE history from forcing the hands of Vince to, again, how obscenely over he is. But I think there's layers to this heel that we're going to find. And and you need a championship to make that matter. I yeah, completely agree with that. I just don't necessarily know what happens to AJ Styles if he loses this match. And that's where my initial thought um you know, when Roman announced his leukemia and we talked about what happens to the WrestleMania main event and where they go from here with Brock, that's where my initial thought came in on, oh, wow, Styles, Lesnar. Styles winning the Royal Rumble, challenging Lesnar, winning the title off him at WrestleMania. That's a massive moment. But then if that happens, what do you do with Rollins? So I just keep going back and forth between those two eventualities, and I wonder if it's going to be Rollins-Lesnar and Styles is going to stay with a SmackDown match, what the hell are you doing with AJ Styles at WrestleMania? Is it Randy Orton? I mean, you know what, if it is like, yeah, we we could come up with five, six, seven, eight better scenarios. But Randy Orton's still a legend. One of the best B-side legends of this era. That'd be freaking epic, right? I guess. And then you could do Miz, Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, but flip it, you know, heel and face. At, what Countering our expectations, but still getting us the match that we had wanted. Again, continuing the storyline, you know, the, the way we thought it was going. Um, Can I even, Shane Mc- else? even Shane McMahon possibly helping Miz get that title match because he's the commissioner. So I do think there's layers here. I don't think there's any reason you take the title off Daniel Bryan, though. Can I offer you something else for WrestleMania? Sure. Right now, he's uh, I don't speak his name a lot in my house because I'm mad at him. How about Shawn Michaels, <laughs> AJ Styles for WrestleMania? How oh, about that? On, How about that, brother? I mean, incredible. I mean, if they did it, it would be incredible. And it would really wash the sour taste of uh, blood money in the sand out of our mouths if it he did do would. it. would. And it just uh, – that's the ultimate babyface thing that WWE can do to their fan base. AJ's, yeah. you know, 1A on their most beloved guys right now. HBK of their living retired guys might be the most beloved guy, man. That would be – and he could still do it. Yeah. yeah he, can, he can go. Like, he can go. yes, he's slower and he's older. And, yes, we know this. But if you gave him four months to train for a match with AJ and they could practice it a little bit, that would be amazing. Oh, my God. Imagine like, that's a four-star match right Imagine there. if you brought in elements of the I love you with Flair. You somehow worked Flair into it. And you have AJ going, look, you've been my hero all along. And then at the end, he's got to do the I love you and try to finish it. But <laughs> Flair's involved in some way. Oh, my God. By the way, Flair is cleared to take bumps. Did you see that headline? Rick Flair yeah, is cleared to Rick. take bumps. Don't do this, Don't Rick. Do it, like Rick. <laughs> He's going to blade again. Rick's going to blade again. It's going to happen, by the way. <laughs> you know what? By the way, just since you mentioned Sean, I didn't really think about it. You could also do Daniel Bryan, Shawn Michaels. Oh, we 
yeah. Teacher, me. student. Touch but you'd have, me, to take yes. the, you'd have to take the title off Daniel Bryan. That's the problem. Oh, man. Imagine if you put Jose Lothario's ashes in the urn <laughs> and then you have Punk come out. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes. All right. Yes. BC, a match that better damn well be the main event of this pay-per-view. And if it's not, they're doing something wrong. Um, our colleague Jack Crosby, who does the Tuesday Night SmackDown recaps, will actually riot in front of these Titan yeah. Towers in Stanford with picket signs if this is not the... Uh... I mean, they, they need to be idiotic. The way that this should end, in my opinion, at least, is probably like WWE title, Rousey, Intercontinental title, and then this. We'll see what happens because, you know, got... They're, Look, here's the, here's the weird thing about me. Like, I yell at them for never putting the WWE Championship in the main event of a pay-per-view, and now there's a great reason for them to do it, and I'm saying they shouldn't. Like, that, that's just, like, ironic as it turns out. But look, SmackDown Women's Championship, first ever women's triple threat TLC match at a pay-per-view. We have Becky Lynch coming in as the defending champion against Charlotte Flair and Asuka, the three best women's wrestlers in the company, yes. in a match where they can definitely put on a five-star classic. They can go all out. BC, what happens in this match? Who walks out as the champion, and it, will it be the right decision? You know, we we kind of spilled the uh, spilled the bag on this a couple weeks ago, and, it, and it's right. It was right. Asuka has to win this match. You could do other fun scenarios with her not winning it. Hey, if if the man is still the champion heading into uh, the next few months of my life, heading into Mania, we're all going to be very happy. But the idea of Rousey in a triple threat with these two. And you can have Asuka win and keep the championship. Everybody wins in that scenario. Everyone, mostly us. This has to end the show. It's going to be brutal. Why is it going to be brutal? Because Rousey, we know, for all the things that I might say bad about her, she's willing to play ball. She's willing to get into this business. She was willing to get kendoed, uh, Singapore caned or whatever, and get her body all marked up just as Charlotte was on Tuesday night. This is going to be fun. It's almost like Becky Lynch is playing a second banana role in this in some weird way, even though she's the hottest thing we'd seen in a long time. And I, uh, man, I just love where this is going to go. I think my second choice is, is obviously Becky keeping the championship and we'll just play the hot hand and let her come out and talk trash to people and be the man. I mean, can she be the man without the championship? I think it's a worthy debate in, in terms of what this idea of what the man means, right? Can she be the man and not be the champion? If she's heading into the WrestleMania main event with Ronda Rousey and Charlotte, yes, she can. Give me an Asuka that matters. Show me, Vince, that you understand what to do when Paul hands over his shiny toys and he gives them to you. And when Paul at night rolls over and says, Steph, I can't do this anymore. He took away Asuka's win streak for nothing. He teamed her up with friggin' what's her name? The Usos. Naomi. Naomi. What is he doing to her? Tell your father to put the championship back on Asuka and make her matter again. And while he's there, tell her to get her out of that damn lingerie, Steph. <laughs> you say put the championship back on Asuka. She has not been a main roster champion. That's the She's incredible the champion part. of our hearts. Thank she you. went undefeated for a year on the main roster and didn't win the title. That's incredible. Um, it's tough because I do think Becky can, yes, still quote unquote be the man without the title because she won't take a pinfall and she won't get submitted. So Charlotte can cost her the title by allowing Asuka, you know, to go up and climb and win the title and she doesn't take a loss. I think it's a really good opportunity for them to get the title off Becky if they are planning on doing Becky Rousey at WrestleMania. If they're not, then yes, you're right. The only other answer is for Becky to retain the title. The worst possible thing they could do is give the title to Charlotte because even though she would get booed out of the, out of the building for the right reasons and they'd be able to play her as a heel, which would be fine, 
then you're doing the Becky Charlotte feud again. Yes. Because she's going to get her rematch. And Asuka's thrown back into this women's tag team picture where, you know, now it, it's pretty obvious they're going to introduce these introduce these tag team titles at WrestleMania, especially the way Bailey and Sasha Banks are talking on Raw. So if that's going to happen, you got to figure out a way to get the title off um, Becky Lynch. And this is the best possible way to do it without her taking a pinfall or a submission, as I said. Otherwise, she's taking it into Royal Rumble. Then she's not in the Royal Rumble match. Then she can't win the Royal Rumble to claim the shot at Rousey. So you have to have her in the Royal Rumble match as a non-champion to win that, to challenge Rousey, move to Raw, and be the catalyst for change on that brand. Love what this match can be. I don't want to like put extra expectations on it, but it, this could really be special. This could be fantastic. We saw what Charlotte and Becky did together in that weapons, whatever match it was recently, last woman standing. I don't know what the heck it was. There's too many matches. But adding Asuka is just going to be great. End the show with this. Let's end our show with this. And let's touch the field spots even on the way out. You got a quick one? I do. Uh, we talked about NXT earlier. What we didn't mention was Matt Riddle making his, I don't know if it was his TV debut. I almost feel like he had another Second match, one, but yeah. his first major match on TV that wasn't that squash at TakeOver against Punishment Martinez. Now, here's the funny thing. For the short period of time, like earlier this year, where I said I would give Ring of Honor a shot, I remember turning it on and seeing this guy, Punishment Martinez, and being like, this guy's kind of big and he's kind of cool, but he has the worst name ever. Not only is it ridiculous, it's long. It, like Vince would never like a name like this. Not only does WWE sign him and have him debut on TV like two weeks after they sign him, because he's obviously a pro, he's a veteran, right? They kept the name. They could have called him Punishment. They could have called him Martinez. They could have called him a million different things, but they kept the entire name. He had a really, really good match with Matt Riddle. Apparently, they used to be tag team partners at some point somewhere. I don't know. It was really good. Matt Riddle looked great. You know what? People said it about Matt Riddle. Jack Crosby, who you mentioned, told me this guy's a future WWE champion. I saw his matches. I thought he was really talented. This guy is great. He's a future WWE champion. Love it. Love it. Uh, my NXT feel spot, because that's where it came from last week's episode. Look, uh, I love what Shayna Baszler is doing with the four horsewomen uh, team around her. When I saw that she was going to wrestle Dakota Kai, I was just going to go, OK, I think I know how this is going to end. I'm going to fast forward. Something kept me there. And you know what? They had a sneaky good match right there. And you know what I came away with for her sunny smile and her sort of routine? Dakota Kai has a chance to be WWE's Bailey. But work. She can work. She's fun. She's cute. She's got the, the personality. She's kind of doing a poor man's Bailey right there. I think she may end up being a better worker than Bailey. And I think this is the first time I took her really serious in a match. And yeah, she sold all the arm uh, bending like she should against Shayna Baszler. These two put on a gritty, fun match. And I think for the first time, I was like, for everything I don't like about Bailey, I think Dakota Kai could be that character. Thank you. Hey, Brian, uh, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Uh, this week, Dakota Kai tore ACL. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, reportedly. Yeah. Oh, well, hey, so much for that. She had a good run, <laughs> you know? We'll see her next time, and we will see you people next time. All you people. Did I just you people are people? I did. All you people, we will see you next time. Um, yeah, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's consider uh, ending the show here. Hey, you know, say goodbye. Goodbye. Say goodbye. Okay, now get out of here. Well, that's right a little now. rough, Randy. Yeah, but it is rough. Yeah, wrestling is a rough sport. Well, well said, Randy. Uh, Adam, you have anything else for people? 12 five-star reviews away. If you want that instant analysis, we out. <laughs>